All right. We're back. Back Al- again. Although we never left. I am, uh, <laughs> what what day is this coming out? April 12th? Good God. Only 11th? 12th, Somewhere I think? Somewhere down the road. Um, so much so that when we when this actually comes out, yes. we might be closer to an Edmonton Oiler, Toronto Maple oh, Leaf Stanley yeah. Cup final. That'd be sick. That'd be really sick. Would it? Well, I mean, I like that. Uh, I don't know if you watched, but the Oilers at least played about two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a weird moment where Matthews and McDavid kind of went at it a little bit. Yep. It was weird. It was the stupid, dumbest fucking game I've seen ever. The refs were out of their minds. Yeah, but, as they have been. Yeah, it's terrible. I Something do needs to happen. honestly think if that ends up happening, like I, I really think that could be more of a of like of a rivalry and some hatred going on. Oh, it yeah. would even be for a battle of Alberta, let's yeah, say. Yeah. Leafs, Oilers. Yeah, it'd be crazy. And well, it Cup helps final. that the Oilers overpaid for severely for a lot of leaps oh, so yeah here we go and like eight <laughs> yeah. of them are still on the team won't, won't even be using the main piece in that <laughs> <laughs> no what is that six and a half million something like okay. that there, i see, don't know what you're thinking we have no idea what it's going to be like but um yeah no that would be sick that'd be really cool um it would be i mean i don't think that's going to happen i don't think it's going to happen but it a would canadian, be this one canadian team in the stanley cup finals come on when was the last time that happened well it's been 93 well, 93 since the last time we won it. One team in the Canadian final. Last was Ottawa, like 20. Oof. Yikes. 13? A long time ago. A long, long it's time. It's been a long time. So Ottawa. to have two in and a guarantee. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we are here, the road, the stage, back again for, uh, t- well, the, the conclusion of a two-parter interview with Evan Peng, a.k.a. a Sonaby, uh, incredibly talented musician. If you do, haven't listened to part one or watched part one, well, you should probably do that before you dig into this one. That's how it works. I mean, it's not... Yeah, it's not a like don't after know if release. Be a carry over from. I yeah, know. it all depends on where this got cut. <laughs> Did we end on a cliffhanger? I don't. Well, that remains to be seen. We don't even know yet. All right, we'll pick. The it up. the 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 truth is is that it's a transitional period over here at uh, the road the stage mainly just because I'm moving down to Calgary. So that's that's what's happening right now. Officially, we'll be in Calgary. By yes, now, by the time right? this episode comes out, it's the weirdest thing. I'm moving out of Red Deer, a city I've lived in for almost seven years. And uh, the day I move, I also fly to Toronto. <laughs> and then so I, I technically don't really have a home until April 10th or something. That's funny. It's so crazy. If, if you, yeah, if you get caught doing something bad in Toronto and they ask for your address, yeah, what do you do? I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm a nomad. Just a, just a transient, a yeah, gypsy. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's why things are a little interesting over here on the screen. We're working, here. We're working ahead. We are working ahead. Like good proactive boys. <laughs> Should try this more often, maybe. But what I'm really, really excited about won't like. I'm assuming that last night I will have had a fantastic time seeing Mom Jeans and Bearings at Bose Barn Stage. That's an April 11th show. Man, it's April already. Yeah, I know Holy it's crazy. Crap. It's crazy. Uh, and so we've already got an announced Strumbellas. Yes, yes. Um, for the summer, have you got any other summer? Stuff lined up? Any shows? Yep, going to see the OCs and Dead as part of Slut Island. Um, there's another show I just bought tickets to. Oh yeah, Fucked Up and Hallucination are right. are doing like a big hardcore electronic wrestling night at the Palace in May, I think, end of May. So yeah, those are those are pretty much my plans. I'm excited. I've got uh, Jason Isbell July 4th. Oh, where? In Missoula, Montana. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Then July, I got to try to keep this all. July 9th, so July 4th, July 9th, I'm going to go to Saskatoon for Charlie Crockett. Right. Finally. Anyone else? Uh, and Margot Price. Oh, right, 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 right. That's one day. That's one day. And then July 13th, I think, is the date we announced for the Strumbellas. Yes, here July 13th. At Bose. So, uh, First yes. time at Bose, too, which 
forgot about that. Is that their first? It's going to be a wild show. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's right. crazy. And Dave Ritter just announced a new band. Did he really? Yeah, Dave Ritter and the Heavy Secrets with uh, Sky Wallace. Just announced You're it a couple hours ago. kidding me. No. Yeah. No, no joke. Okay, I wouldn't well, lie to you about that. you've lost me for the rest of whatever we're doing here. So with that I being said, so, that. so Pete can get off and figure <laughs> out the music news today, uh, let's get into our uh, part two part of duh. our interview with Asanabi. With the conversation being in the beginning, uh, and I know everything's kind of really going on with this album and the deluxe edition has, has just been released, do you, do you know what's next? Have you got plans <laughs> for a future project or just kind of living in this moment for now? um we'll see like i think i wrote like we kind of we we wrote kind of like an album already but like i'm not sure if it's i'm not sure if we're gonna release it though like we might release a couple singles off of it but like i think i think because i was trying to like write from the road and i was kind of write from these small pockets of time that i had and you know because when i did that whole western tour i actually like ended the tour like in new jersey okay (laughs) Like I like one. There was like a woman who had like oh, heard me on the oh, radio. Right. Yeah, I forgot about oh, yeah. this. Holy shit! I completely <laughs> forgot about this. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I could I could I could jump back to that okay, story okay, in okay. a second. But um. But yes, yeah, so I played the thing, and then I I decided to stay an extra uh, day and a half um in Brooklyn because I have some friends there, and my friend Miranda um is Canadian as well, and like I went over there and. Kind of just like we met up uh, and, you know, had breakfast at her house. And then we're just talking about music. And then she she has like two unreleased albums that she wrote over the pandemic. And like she's showing me some of her unreleased material. And she's like telling me the stories behind the songs. And then she just goes and like pops on her piano and like kind of plays one of them. Yeah. And like you know, just the piano, no mic, just singing it. And um yeah, you know, she was able to just bring me with her, you know, she was able to bring me back to that place to where she was when she was writing the song and the emotion in it, like, you can just, you feel it and you're, you're right there with her. And, and she was just like, so what have you been working on? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like, because I, I wasn't like, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't in that special place. Like I was, like I was writing, but like. You just feel some pressure to create new content? There was a little bit of that for sure. Um, but you know, I think it's just kind of taking the, taking your time with yeah. it and making sure it's kind of special, you know what I mean? Like, so, and just living a little bit too, because like, I mean, you can keep, you can just be on the road and studio on the road and studio, but you're not going to really write anything yeah. unless you're living. You know what I mean, like, what are you going to write about? Like, I mean, you, there's cool like road stories and stuff like that, but like, and this year out there kind of doing something that's just really human, you know, like. Then, then how, then how are you just gonna like communicate with people, communicate that to people, and like make them feel it, right? And so yeah, like the songs are, the songs are made are, are good, and you know some people have said they're great, but like, for me, I, like I, I just feel like I know I could do better. Okay, sounds like you you uh, you put a lot of thought into the very the different sides of what makes a song, from a listener yeah. and artist perspective. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, maybe selfishly a little bit more on the artist side too, just because like I have to play them every day. That, that <laughs> seems totally acceptable to me. I think I'd rather have that than the com- the complacent artist. Yeah, 
definitely. Okay, so when when Evan was here in Red Deer, you told me about this private gig that you got. And that was shortly after, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, when I was wrapping up and finishing Vancouver, I, I had to go to uh, New Jersey because this... Uh, this really, this really nice woman had heard me on the radio and then like had contacted my agent and was like, you know, like, you know, we're patrons of the arts, like our family, there's musicians in our family. And like, you know, we're just wondering, like, could we buy a snap? Essentially, there was like an opportunity to play a gig there. And uh, we saw the contract. And I was like, yeah, I can make that work. Like, honestly, like I'm headed all the way back over there anyways. And like, um, so like, I like, I remember like Googling the address. Um, and like, it was like kind of like this big mansion in, in like the suburb. And like, I just remember being like one, like, I think I, I'm not sure if I like somewhat recently saw the movie Get Out, but I was kind of just like, <laughs> I was just like giving everyone on the team the address because I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm going there by myself. <laughs> uh, and this is where I'm going if I don't come back. <laughs> Send a search party. And, and... So like, and so they sent like a really nice car to like pick me up from the airport and bring me to the, the hotel to stay the night. But then in the morning, like, um, they'd gotten this lift and like, I remember hopping in this lift and there's like kind of like food containers on the floors and stuff. And like, I was kind of like, all right, all right. And the guy had like this like kind of thick Jersey accent and like, he's like driving me into the woods. And I was just kind of like, I was like, man, did I piss somebody? Like, are, are they going to kill me out here? And then like, <laughs> and then, and then we started getting into like, the mansions area and i was like okay they're not gonna kill me around there's too many rich people here they're not gonna kill me <laughs> um but then we like drove past the house and i was like what i was like i googled that house so many times i know exactly what it looks like and then yeah it turned out like we we played like their uh like private members club oh my god and so and we get there and yeah, the woman, she's so nice. She's like, thank you so much for being here. She's like, I, I'm like, God, I get to do this. And like, she curates these shows at, at the, that club. And um, and I just remember, yeah, like people started showing up and I'm like, oh yeah, so what do you do? And it's like, oh, I'm the CEO of this place. And like, and it was this whole thing um, where, yeah, I just remember kind of feeling like, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in the Titanic when he gets to sit at the table. <laughs> Playing for all these progressive elites. Yeah. The progressive elites of New Jersey. Yeah. And actually, they were like, that was probably like one of the most attentive audiences I had in a minute. Because like, they were pretty like loud and rambunctious like before and everyone's having a drink and stuff. But as soon as the show started, it was just like... That's sweet. Oh, that's great. Silent. And it was crazy too, because like... You know, some people like really connected. There's certain songs that really like one of them was like, wow, like that was you know, my 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 grand or my son just passed away and had this whole story. She's really like touched by by some of the music and you know, like two of these other guys, like one of these the CEO guys came up and was like, Wow, I feel like you've like lived so much more life than me and I was just like, Wow, I feel like you just have this mountain of money and you can do anything, but like, I guess every life has its own traps. Right. So. I get it though. Cause were you, did you, would you have done a similar set there to the one you did in red deer? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like yeah. I get where he's coming from because at the end of the set throughout all those stories, 
it's like, yeah, you've worked some pretty crazy jobs. You've, you've lived in all over the place. You've had a, a normie day job, whatever with, uh, with a, a media company for, for the last several years. It does seem like you've lived, lived quite a life. Like you've been like that remote mining work sounded insane. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I think like, like, you know, you kind of pick up little skill sets and things from different things in your life. But I think, yeah, that was one of them. Just kind of, just kind of like being in the forest for so long by yourself, you know, I mean, like you go back to camp and people would be there, but basically the, all the waking hours you're by yourself in the forest and, so would people are like, how are you doing on tour by yourself? That sounds like so much work. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's not, it's not like being like trapped in the forest. Yeah. Like I get to stay in a hotel every, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like room service come in. Like <laughs> you have a bed at night, but during the day you're all by yourself in the wilderness <laughs> with any of those. Oh, I'm, talking, I'm talking about like touring. As oh, that's musician. what you're talking about. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and in the in the forest, I was like living in. The okay, tent. I yeah. see, I see. <laughs> with any of those sets, do you ever think yeah, I'm just gonna fuck around with these guys? Come back out and do Buffalo Soldier for an encore? My buddy is an audiophile, and even he heard the story. He's just he's always trying to get me to do a reggae song. <laughs> even he even two reggae. bars, <laughs> just just two bars. Take it into something else. <laughs> hate <laughs> the crowd um okay so we're gonna we gotta wrap up uh, shortly but we we have to talk about the junos you put on um uh, not just incredible performance but conceptually it seemed extremely um well thought through and at times probably complicated uh how did that formulate yeah so we we knew we were gonna do that broadcast and we knew we were nominated like before the nominations came out because like they they contacted every like all the broadcast performers like two weeks before the announcements. Okay. We didn't know what we were nominated for, but like <clears throat> as soon as we got the call, they they asked us like they had actually requested we were here, mm-hmm. which I was I was just fine like that. That's, I, I I like that song a lot off the album. Um, but as soon as they they said that, like the cogs started turning, and like I started thinking about like what could be done on the stage and and whatnot, and. They were really like receptive to every single idea. Um, I think the only one that wasn't was just like the idea as like holograms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you think of holograms? And it's like, what do you think about having no budget after that? <laughs> and it's like, um, but then like, yeah, you know, we like found another way to do it, and and it was just like running smoke machines and like the fog machines, and then like we we're just like, well. Like, what if we run this fog machines and run a projector through it? Like, is that, that might work. Um, it was, it was the like insight team that actually figured out how to do it. Like by like adding X amount of extra water into it. Like it makes like the mist dissipate less. Oh, wow. So it likes more, more like a denser cloud. Yeah. Um, and so that running the projector through that. And like, if you get it like thin enough, like the thinner it is, like the more clear the picture will come mm-hmm. through. Um, so yeah. They had like a lot of fun doing that, and they're like, I can see that becoming kind of probably a regular thing that they do now, because like, because it, it was cool. Like it was kind of to have, to have my grandfather kind of be there for that that moment. Like I it was important. Like I know uh, there was talks initially about like having my grandfather actually come to the performance, but he's on dialysis. Oh, like okay, he can't okay. leave the city. So 
Hey man, you got him. Um, you got him there through the smoke. You've you've got him him multiple writing credits and song yeah. credits on this record. I mean, yeah. and his voice is all over. It's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. And so we got brought him there, and like you know, and yeah, that whole the whole thing was kind of like thought out. A lot, some of it on the road was kind of worked out, but like most of it was, yeah, like really. Came together really nicely. Even like having Northern Cree, like when they kind of like accepted the invitation, was kind of pretty. Like I don't know. Like I, they they've been nominated so many times. They've been nominated for Grammys. You know, like they're 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 a big deal. So to kind of like join in on us, like with us on a collaboration, like yeah, was truly grateful for that. And like must have felt pretty validating. Yeah, yeah, and even being able to work with them and talk to them. I remember being like like so nervous before that set and uh yeah, Joel from Northern Korea, like Steve Wood's son who's will likely be the new leader of that group when Steve what if he ever retires like yeah, he just came up to me after and like just put his hand on my shoulder and he just like just looked me in the eye and he's like we're with you. And like that was just like you know, it meant so much, wow. you know, I was just, and I was like, all right, like that's, that's the energy I needed. And then suddenly it's just like, you know, us and them, you know what I mean? Like together and, and making, doing this, doing this work. So it went by so quick though. Like that's, that's the biggest thing. Like we had some setbacks, like even like Hill Kirkutis, like who produced my album and is coming, was coming to be the musical director. Like she, she got COVID like oh, days no. before show so they couldn't even come and like <clears throat> there were some other things but then like yeah ended up just coming together and people were saying like savor the moment but like <laughs> it just went by so yeah. quick like you know like you're probably on fire the whole time yeah <laughs> <laughs> and just like thinking like you can well you you kind of get a little bit in your head right like because I'm, I'm just up there being like don't mess this mm -hmm. up right like and then it's like gone like that and then um you know then they brought me through the media room after that and by the time i finished that media run i got back and it was like nickelback's like last 10 seconds of their set so like i, I missed the whole show <laughs> so like that that was kind of a bummer because like i knew everyone else had put on so much work right. into their shows yeah. right and it's, it's different it's different so much different seeing it being there and being in the room because yeah. like I can watch it back on the broadcast and stuff, but like you're, you're not going to get like the feel of the bass and the heat of the flames. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Were you were you present in the audience for the protester? Yeah, and I wish I kept the video. Like I was filming and I saw that. And I'm like, and like, um, the boobs came out, and I just like wasn't sure if I should be filming. Yeah. Some boobs, and I was like, I'm like, maybe I should get consent. Can I film? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, said, I didn't want to. Be Filming someone naked, I don't know. There's just something about it that rubbed me there, so I, I stopped. And then that happened, and um, I, I knew it was a protester like immediately. Though I was kind of surprised, like that the person had so much airtime. Um, but I mean, good on them. Put, like, shot, put yourself in Avril's shoes. You're on stage, and, and somebody jumps up. How would you uh, have handled it? I mean, oof. Oh man, if that happened during the set, yeah, like I. I it would make no I'd sense for it happened during your set, though. <laughs> yeah, like I, I would so I've been so disappointed in the coverage of that since, um, the 
it's barely even a secondary focus on the stories or the commentary I've heard is why this person was up there. Right. Who, like, I don't give a shit if they're their boobs are at like why 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 did they make this decision yeah and the decision the reason the motive is very valid very very valid reasons to protest but in all of the commentary whether it's the radio stations or the the you know youtube or just reading about it it almost completely ignores that it's like oh yeah and they also had land back written and uh stop the green belt The, the action gets the attention but yeah what she actually wanted to get across has been talked about very little yeah which Yep. I don't know. That pisses me off. But anyways, people all upset. Like fucking, didn't they in Germany? You can women can go swimming with with topless now, and we're fucking. Anyways. Well, I, I do believe. <laughs> isn't Ontario Ontario kids, women can be topless? In I, Ontario, I, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. There's don't a line know. in in the hip song poets about uh, bare breasted women. Oh really? Mowing, yeah, and I think that's because I'm sure there's it. That, that might be an old law. Just, might be an old law. That makes sense, though. Doesn't Germany have, like, the most nude, yeah. nude beaches in the world? We're going to have to find out, I guess. I don't know. I just love being nude. <laughs> um, let's cover up a little bit. The jacket from the Junos. Yeah. Where, where is that jacket right now? Uh, it's right oh, there. wow. So Travis Schilling, um, pretty famous uh, from a, a line of, of famous Canadian artists, right? Indigenous artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about the concept. Yeah, like I, like I knew, I I kind of knew I wanted to have like the numbers on the jacket. Like I, I felt like we get this moment to kind of tell the story, right? Mm-hmm. And like every part of it, kind of tying in together, and like how can we, how can we just like get the most into like this little fraction of time, right? And. So, yeah, you know, I, I even working as a journalist, like and seeing all these numbers coming out all the time and, and it's a, lot, a lot of the time these numbers get pretty heavily questioned and stuff. And it's just like, you know, who am I to question it until someone actually does the work to check it out? Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, they're doing all they can and they have like the, these radar. and like the, the... So, yeah, getting those numbers out there and, you know, being able to kind of put that out there and stand with something and stand kind of for something has been kind of nice. Cause you know, as a journalist, you gotta, you always gotta be unbiased. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, you, you, so to kind of have that and be able to kind of stand there with intention was definitely, definitely something that I felt. And, and yeah, it was just very, uh, strengthening and kind of freeing and, and to kind of just yeah say what you want to say you yeah know, and and stand with somebody and stand with something stand for something and so i knew i wanted to have that jacket i knew i wanted to have the numbers on it and i knew like i knew i wanted to work with call and response too because like call and response like they're just these great like clothing designers for, in toronto and they, they've been you know, they've been working with me for like over oh, a year cool. and they've been, and they've been like they've been dressing me and like you know lending me stuff and and like and you, they don't have to and you know this is when like nobody knew who i was and like they had dressed prince you know what i mean like and, and they're helping me out like they don't have to do that so like i, I wasn't gonna like play the biggest stage of my life and just not work with these people who've had my back yeah. since day one like 
so I knew I wanted them to work on it, but um, yeah, you know, we, but there had, there had to be someone connected to the story working on it as well, you know, like for a number of reasons, not just the fact that like, cause when I brought the idea to the call and response, they're like, okay, well, who's the indigenous person that's working on this too? Cause we're not going to be white people making this thing by ourselves. Cause that's yeah. like, and I, and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like we did put some feelers out and um, yeah, like I was, yeah, like I was, I was kind of pretty surprised when, when Travis kind of took the call, but like Shoshona, Shoshona and like Serene know him very, like somewhat on a friendly basis. And so like when, when he kind of got the concept, I remember, I think I was in New Jersey at the time when we, when we hopped on the call. So like all this came yeah. together, like really kind of quickly. And, um, yeah you know like I, I told them about the jacket and 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 i wasn't quite sure how we'd kind of get the numbers on there and like so he he was the one who came up with the feathers and kind of having them fall you know to so it's just like it isn't just a number there's something they're holding it that mm -hmm. you can tell it represents something and it kind of like being able to kind of elude where it comes from right and um but then it was him who like told me the story of his dad and like how he started, you know, how he became a painter. And then like, it just, yeah, just the similarities in the context of everything. Like it just, you know, it had to work and it did work because like, for those who don't know, yeah. Like Travis Schilling, his dad, Arthur Schilling was also a painter and he learned how to paint by grabbing like the charcoal from fires at residential school. And he would draw pictures of food under the bunk beds. And like, because they didn't have any good food there, he would like draw like sandwiches wow. and fruit and, and like the other kids at the residential school, like go underneath and like look at these pictures and kind of daydream about food. Right. And so that's how he learned to start drawing and painting and, and that's wild. And yeah, so Travis, learned from his father and, you know, very heavily, heavily influenced by his culture and his people and his father. And like, you know, I put out this album that's in, in the same vein. And so it's like for us to kind of both work together and to kind of honor our families in this way, like, and, and remember other people's families, you know, like it just, those kind of, those kind of like things don't come together like, that often and with that so much importance and connection so i'm i'm uh like from the music to the performances to even the fashion of it all i'm pretty blown away with how extensively you use your platform mm -hmm. and um there's nothing i like more than a creative who uses their platform for for things like these so so huge respect to you dude it's i just love the way that you're looking at that yeah. jacket as we're talking about it like it yeah it's amazing yeah, like I feel. I'm still unsure where. I'm I was just gonna say, do you have a plan? Like, what what do you do with that? Like, is it a one and done? Is that the only time you'll wear it? Do you think you bring it back? Does it get framed? Does it go in a Hall of Fame type probably, thing sometime? I'd probably give it to Travis to hang on to. He has, he has, a, he has a big old house up in Aurelia or something. Like, 
probably have uh, more more of a, more of a place to be up there. I think at, at this moment, I'm still living in Toronto, so I you know, got my little space here. But yeah, um, yeah, everything was kind of really thought out, and like I think even even like the Karis team, the Junos team were like, you know, they were really happy with us because they were just like, you know, they they were pretty vocal on just being like, yeah, like this is kind of incredible to have somebody this hands-on and this prepared and to know exactly what they want to do. Um, so the fact that they got us back and like, you know, made every idea happen was, yeah, pretty incredible. Well, I don't think you'll struggle to remember those details. <laughs> oh man, I uh, yeah, well it's weird because like it went by so quick, right? And it didn't even hit me till the next day because I did the media room and then there was the UMC thing after, and then I had to hop a flight to Denver, or sorry to uh, to Texas the next day. But I ended up back in Denver because that, that's for some reason I'm always now. connecting airport, and I just remember like just sitting there like watching the videos that people were reposting yeah. and um man there was just one video that like guillaume moffitt he was in the stands and he took this one video of like we finished we finished the last chorus and he pans over and the jingle just dance are standing there still and steve just gets up he's about to get up to speak and it's just so silent in there and you just hear like uh um like a lele lay call from like an indigenous woman in the the audience wow and it, just, and it was just this moment and um and i just yeah i remember just catching on and it's just like i was in the denver airport by myself my manager was like on the next flight after me and like i was like so happy i had my sunglasses i just put them on. <laughs> it just it, it hit me so hard like i'm i'm standing in this packed airport watch this video and then like man next thing you know, i just like like just uncontrollably weeping like and i'm like got my sunglasses everyone around me probably thinks i have covid because i'm just sniffling yeah, yeah, like yeah. i'm just like i'm like, like uh, trying to trying to keep it together but like you know just the accumulation of just you know so so much work and then just seeing that and like there's just there was just nothing to compare it to like in that moment like i was just kind of felt like so much pride and like you know like yeah, there's nothing to compare it to. I just felt like it was like our Wakanda moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, it was it, a spectacle for uh, for all the right reasons. And um, yeah, and it was and everything. Like even yeah, even Steve, even even him getting up and and saying those final words. You know, like everything was just. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking us through it, man. It's beautiful. Truly beautiful. Yeah, really cool, really cool. And uh, I hope you still have some excitement throughout the rest of 2023. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've had your fair share in the first quarter. Probably enough to last a few years' worth. Well, and I hope over these next few weeks off, you get a chance to just kind of sit and absorb everything that's uh, been happening. It's sure fun on our end to watch it yeah. uh, going on. And uh, definitely wish you nothing but continued success. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure being on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, got five weeks off. Well, I think three weeks in writing writing mode. But um, yeah, you know, I'm going to get some proper sleep, oh, yeah. drink some green juice, probably maybe 
maybe try to go to the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for making the time, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Yep. Chat All right, soon. peace, dude. See ya. Later. Well, there it is. An interview we've been uh, trying to get down for about two months now. So it seemed only right to split it into two. Yes, and uh, huge shout out to Evan. That's two weeks in a row. Jeff Van Helvert um, two weeks ago, and now Evan Asanabi, who very, very eager, respectable guest. Yes, on Evan time. was ready two and a half yeah. hours before our interview. Crazy. Let's see if we can, can we continue <laughs> Who's this next. Week? Yeah, who wants um, to be four hours early? While we were driving in today, and I'm assuming this conversation part would have been from part one, but uh, I drove past the VAT, mm. and I was trying to see exactly know, where that I Mustang would have. I got to get into that parking lot. That is so good. And see exactly where that Mustang got stuck. Thanks for hanging out with The Road the Stage this week. If you can do us a huge favor, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's uh, CCS by Bose, Communal Creative Studios. And it's, you know, honestly, like if you get your phone, it's as easy as just like you load it and you just like subscribe. Like it's yeah. just one button. Or even let's say you're seeing the, the post of this episode. Like, love. Yes, yes. We would appreciate share? some likes and Ooh, shares. Oh, baby, that gets us really excited. Yeah. And uh, until the next time, you are Peter Michaels. <laughs> Uh, you're Patrick Bateman. You almost stole. So you're not. You're an Ontario kid. So you probably are you familiar with Ed Whalen? Uh, a little bit. Do you know Ed, yeah, Whalen? Bit, Ed yeah. Whalen, legendary Calgary the broadcaster. Crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got uh, the. I think the broadcast booth at the Saddle Dome is the Ed Whalen. Big wrestling caller. Big too. wrestling, and so that was, and it just reminded me of that. He always ended his. I think it was always the Stampede Wrestling end. Was in the meantime and in between time. Oh, that true. is it. In, in the meantime, in between time. That's Wednesday. it. Another edition. Wednesday. I think. Of Wednesday.